Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dicer. And this week on PR360, we're going to be talking about social media, the topic that everybody loves to hate and still is on it because it's a part of life. It's a part of the public square. People need to be on this type of a thing. But with me, I have John Steven Stansel with me, and he's a social media professional with almost a decade of experience managing, building, and creating content for brand social media accounts, including Hyper RPG, Better Place Forest. Also, Amazon Prime's Invisible Animated Series, and so much more. He also is a fellow podcaster as well through the Thought Feeder podcast, which you guys should check out as well. But welcome to the show, John. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes. And the first question I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Um, Definitely coffee in the morning. And then uh, as we sag into the afternoon, I switch into like a, a iced, unsweet green tea. So... A little bit of both. Any like specific green teas that you actually like? Um, you know, I picked up the hat. I used to live in Japan and you could just get it out of the vending machine and, and unflavored, unsweetened, just like just no frills, nothing. Um, so I'll get some that if I, if I'm in the mood, I'll, I'll get it. Some Japanese brands imported. If not, um, just whatever I can find that's American that does isn't like super super sweet or flavored that's true which is hard to find sometimes there are a few but you really have to like find the specific companies that just do tea it seems like right and i gave a brief explanation or summarization of your expertise can you give our audience a little bit more about what you do oh uh, so i've been doing social media for just over 10 years now um since you could do social media and started in higher ed uh, doing social media for for universities, uh, did some in government for the Texas Department of Transportation. There's nothing you can say to me on social that hurts my feelings after doing that. Uh, um, and recently, in the past couple of years, we've been working in the entertainment industry. Uh, I was freelancing, doing work for uh, various television series, and now work for a company called Chaotic Good Studios that does franchise management in the entertainment industry. So mainly focusing on sci-fi and fantasy franchises. Um, but may- now I get to kind of like zoom out and do a little bit more strategy uh, as opposed to just building content and doing sort of the day-to-day putting out fires of being a social media manager. Uh, so it's nice to kind of step back and like look at bigger picture, uh, long-term strategy a little bit more. Got you. And then getting right into it about creating content. It's Everybody knows that we need to create content for social media, but it seems to be, at least from, a, I think, more perception type, that it seems to be harder to create content than it was like 10 years ago, where it was just like, you could just write a sentence or you could write a paragraph or take a picture and people would like it. So how can PR pros create that compelling content without making it too overly complicated for themselves? I think that that's definitely the case where it was, you know, even just a few years ago, you know, there was still some novelty to brands being on social media and brands applying or saying something clever, kind of out of character a little bit. Uh, And now I think audiences have become a little bit more accustomed to it. So just putting stuff out there is not working. You've really got to take the time and make content that 
is going to resonate with people that has a certain level of quality, but also retains authenticity, which is kind of difficult to middle ground to find. But for me, I think is guiding yourself by the North Star of the fact people don't share your content to tell other people about your brand. That's not what they do. They they share content to help tell their own story, to say something about themselves. They're saying, I'm sharing this because this is an issue I care about, or I'm the type of person that has this sort of sense of humor, or uh, I connect with this in some sort of way. So if you can give your audience tools to like t- help tell their own story, they'll help you tell yours. So look for those opportunities. And I think that's that's kind of make that your guiding principle and let everything else follow from there. Mm. And then, I mean, on the video issue, should they start to split between long form and short form? Because it seems like even YouTube's like, well, you got to create those shorts. Like, it's fine you're creating the, the long form content, but we want to see those shorts. Yeah, it, it's, you've got to have a good blend of everything and you can't put your eggs all in one basket. Um, you know, we talked about, and we've seen a lot with Instagram kind of changing and shifting towards reels and putting more emphasis on video, but for, for me, who's been doing social for so long, I remember when Facebook was like, we're pivoting to video. Everything needs has to be video. And then they pulled back from that. And all these people that spent all, you know, you know maybe they let photographers go in lieu of videographers and, you know, to put all their, their money into video. And then it changed all on a dime all of a sudden. So I think one of the things, you know, brands need to remember is we need to remain agile. Yes, video is you know, what everybody's wanting to do right now and what's really important, uh, short or long form, but that might change tomorrow. So I think it's important for brands to, to, to diversify. Think about, okay, what are we, we need to do some short form, we need to do some long form, uh, but we also need to be ready to pivot if that changes again. Um, so more than anything, I think brands really need to, to understand, like you have to be very agile with your social content. Yeah. And then speaking of meta, they announced recently the feed changes, which basically they were like, Hey, we're just going to show things that, or people or brands that you don't follow, but we're just going to inject them more into it. So are we seeing meta chasing trends now than actually being the trendsetter? Cause for a while they were the trendsetter. They were the ones that were doing these new and innovative things. And now it seems like they're just, following the next trend like you said with video everything's video okay not really new. yeah it, i you know i i i'm not in those meetings with meta and i'd be curious to, to be in some but i think they see the success of tiktok and they're a little scared and in the past we've seen like before it was meta and it was still just facebook was the name of the company they would you know they offered to buy snapchat and then when snapchat said no they just stole half of their <laughs> The, the the features um and with tiktok i don't even think they're they're trying to buy it we're just we're just going to copy you <laughs> as much as we can um because they see the success and they're scared by it they want to stay relevant they want to be long term um and yeah frankly they're they're trying to innovate in some ways but either they're they're too far out with with some of like the metaverse and and vr and ar which i i think eventually will be very important, but right now it's just not there yet. Um, so yeah, they're they're kind of chasing after um, and threatened a little bit by TikTok, but also to, to your point about not seeing people you're following in the feed and feeding you other things. Like they know, like 
TikTok is great at that. And I think they're also aware that, you know, with, with Facebook and, and Instagram to some degree, like people are not engaging with their, you know, Aunt Sally who's posting and, and un- Uncle Uncle Lou who's posting, you know, wild conspiracy theories on Facebook. Uh, and this is not resonating. People aren't finding it to be an enjoyable place to be anymore. So they're saying, okay, well, we've got all this information on you. We understand what you respond to via algorithms. So we're just going to start serving you stuff up that we think you're going to be interested in. We're pretty darn sure you are going to be because the algorithms are really good. Um, and sometimes people really like it. And then other times it's like, man, I I just want to see pretty pictures on my Instagram of my friends, you know? So um, I don't think face, Facebook knows, at least, they're, they're definitely using data to make these decisions. Like if they didn't think it was going to be profitable and keep people on the platform longer, they wouldn't be doing it. But also people, you know, users are saying like, no, I, I, I want my my old thing back. So it's a tricky balance, I think, between what people say they want and what their behaviors actually show they want. Gotcha. And how do you think it'll impact their business, but also brands? Because it seems like them going, oh, we're going to pump more things that people may not follow. Seems like an opportunity for brands, but also could backfire on brands at the same time. Because I mean, it's like people are like, I don't follow you. And why am I seeing this? Well, I also think, you know, a lot of social media managers are worried about it. And they're like, well, our followers aren't seeing our content anymore. Or, you know, where the algorithm is hurting us to an extent. And sometimes I think that's, it's not the algorithm that's hurting you. It's your content. Like if your, if your content was good enough, the algorithm would pick up on it and share it with more people. Um, but there's also you know, algorithm chasers who, you know, use every single algorithm trick in the book to get content out there. That's still like, it it feels clickbaity, right? You can tell when somebody is just really trying to game the algorithm with, with, with their copy and, and everything. So I think it's a delicate balance of understanding that if I'm continue to stay the course and, and have a strong strategy the algorithm is going to help me and not hurt me. Um, and, and looking at my data and going, okay, well, what I'm doing is not working. How do we change that? Um, so I, I, I'm not totally scared of algorithms. Sometimes I think they, they're, they're, they, they help more than they harm. Gotcha. And I mean, it, I mean, since we're t- still talking about it, is it good or bad that they're still chasing after TikTok, or should they be trying to innovate within their own, because I feel like every of the older ones do have a sort of like brand feeling to a lot of people. Like I think like Kim Kardashian, all of them were like, keep, t- keep Instagram, Instagram. I don't want to see TikTok and something like that. So is it a good thing or a bad thing that they're trying to chase after the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? You know, I, again, not being, being there, I'm just, just kind of conjecture. I, I, I wonder if some of it is just like, Hey, we have to keep showing stakeholders that we're staying competitive, even though we know this is not probably the best thing. Uh, or they're looking at, you know, I think a lot about the rise of like super apps within Chinese social media, right? You have uh, WeChat that just has everything in it. Like you can go to a convenience store and use your WeChat to pay. Um, and I think Meta may be looking at some of those and going, okay, well, that's going to happen here. So we need to be the company that does that. 
Um, culturally, I don't know if it's going to work here as well. Um, because like you said, I think a lot of people, audiences are like, well, I have my Instagram for photos. I have Facebook for family stuff. I have TikTok for fun and videos. And, and, and it's very distinct what I use each network for rather than just like one massive network. But I can see that that's Facebook's ultimate goal. They want to be the internet for you for, you know, they don't want you ever to need to leave the app. You can do your shopping. You can do your, your video stuff. You can do, you know, find how to information as, as more people are using TikTok to kind of replace YouTube as like, how do I, you know, step-by-step step do X, Y, and Z. Um, so Facebook may be going for that. I, I, I keep going back and forth calling it Facebook versus map. It's, it's hard to change, right? Change is hard, but um but yeah, I, I think that might be one thing they're doing, and and we'll see where, where where that 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 goes and where that plays out. I I don't think they're making giant business decisions just on a whim for sure. They've definitely got data and evidence to back it up. So gotcha. I mean, even talk even talking about the content. So how should maybe a brand is more of a software company? Let's just say that. How should they go about doing the tutorial? Should they do little tidbit tutorials for maybe the easy things and then do more? long form tutorials for like the harder things to do within their program. Like for example, I use DaVinci Resolve and there's some things you cannot, you cannot teach in DaVinci Resolve in a really short format. It has to be longer because you have to figure out how to do sometimes fusion is takes a long time to actually figure out. Exactly. And I, I think it kind of comes with the, you know, depending on, on what the need is, there are like quick bites where I can give you like a quick tip and a, a one minute video. And those are really useful. But like you said, there are some things that's like you can't explain all the ins and outs in, in a single video. You might see more like a video series. TikTok is sort of expanding into slightly longer form. You've got 10 minutes, which in TikTok time is like an eternity. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how those the plays on those sort of videos work out. Um, and then also just understanding your audience's needs, like looking at your video data and seeing where people drop off and where people, um, you know, are are finding the most value like how many times have you like looked up a how-to video and had to like scan you know quickly scan through the video of like okay i i get all this <laughs> I, I need this one specific thing so kind of looking at some of that data and and building videos around around that i think works really well too you know mm -hmm. and so maybe for small businesses because a lot of times they do struggle a little bit with the creating content how can they effectively do social media strategies or make their social media more or better. So the algorithm does pick them up. And so they get more followings in that way. I think it starts with goals before anything else. Like I, I think so many small businesses, especially they, they can't afford to hire a full-time social media manager, maybe not even a part-time social media. You have like the actual business owner running the Facebook page. Um, and they try to make it as, as useful, you know, as user Facebook tries to make it as user friendly as possible, but you know, marketing is marketing, right? You can go to, to school and get a degree in that. And most small business owners don't have that experience. So understanding why your, why your goals, what are you wanting to be out of social media? Um, rather than like, as so many small businesses go like, oh, well, I've got to be on TikTok because I saw somebody on on TikTok say that, that you know all small business owners need to have TikTok or or, or my nephew said Instagram is where to be. Um, why why are you there? What is your goal for it? 
and then focusing in on that. And does this content get me to that goal? Or am I just putting content for the sake of content? Like how much time am I spending on it? Like every single thing needs to go towards a goal. And I think that will streamline your social presence a lot. That might be what says, okay, you know, our goal is X. TikTok does not help us meet that. Therefore, we do not need to spend time there. Uh, not every brand needs to be on, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of it. Like, based upon what your goals are, choose where you need to be and where your time needs to be spent. Uh, because it takes a long time to make good content. I mean, that even goes to content because some industries, like let's say social audio, it was the big thing in COVID. And then it kind of been like, no one really wants to use it as much anymore, but there are some industries that it works well with. I think like the crypto industry does really well with the social audio aspect of it because a bunch of people want to know about cryptocurrency. But I mean, a lot of other avenues or industries, it doesn't really work. So is it more picking and choosing the content just as much as the network you choose to be on as well. Oh, for sure. And sometimes like the network's going to dictate your, what kind of content you're putting out there. Like if you're going to be on TikTok, you better be making good videos. Right. Um, you know, and, and with Instagram, it used to be pictures now, like a little bit more video. Um, where is my audience? Like, you know, if I, if I am a software company that, you know, let's say sells, Software for for accountants. Well, accountants on TikTok are a whole other thing. But like, what you know is my audience there? Um, so that that's that's a big big consideration. So I think so many small businesses kind of go for whatever's trendy right now, and as opposed to what might be best for their business. Like, not all social media has to be sexy, right? Um, sometimes just a really useful. A Facebook page that that services your audience. You know, I I being in higher ed, I, I people would constantly say like, "Oh, the kids aren't on Facebook anymore. They're not on Facebook anymore." That that's not exactly true. Um, they're there. They're just not as active as they are, and their parents are there. So, putting timely information that that our audience wants and needs where they are um, is is. It's just paramount. You, you've got to be able to do that and recognize that rather than just chasing after, you know, do college students really want their university on TikTok? I'm not really sure I'm sold on that idea. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like picking and choosing the trends, but not chasing every trend. Exactly. And, and part of it is like social media managers over the course of time, like when I first started working in social media, I wanted like, okay, there's a new feature on Instagram. Let's figure out how we can use that. You know, oh, here's a here's a trending meme. Let's see how we can use that for our brand. And the longer I am in social media, the more restraint I have where I go, wait, let's wait and see how this plays out a little bit before we jump into it. I, I like to say, don't rush to be the first brand to do something on social media. Be the rush to be the first brand to do it well. That's good. And then can you share three important tips for social media management? Could it be like, using buffer or what, what is your three top three for that? Um, first take care of your mental health. Social media is a constant thing and can get overwhelming really quickly. So be sure that you're planning out your breaks. Um, if you, you know, 
NPR doing crisis calm, be sure that you have, you know, you're distancing yourself from it and, and, and have support of, of, of your, your boss to kind of protect that, that mental health. Cause it can get really draining really quickly. Uh, burnout is a real thing for social media managers that happens pretty often. Um, after that, I would say, um, where to even begin? There's so many little, little, little things. Um, social listening and following your competitors. Um, but it, it, it's a double-edged sword there. Like be aware of what your competitors are doing, but don't chase after and, and always be imitating what they do. Remember that just because your competitor is doing it doesn't mean it's working for them. Um, we, we see this all the time in higher ed where it's like, okay, so the school down the street is doing this on social media. We need to be doing it too. I'm like, well, we can look and see their engagement rate right there. It's not very good. So maybe we don't need to be doing that. Um, a great tool for that is the Facebook ad library. I don't think enough people use that where you can just type in the name of any brand and see all the paid ads they're running. Um, that's incredibly useful. Um, and then third, I would say more than one of the most important things a social media manager can do is develop a network of other social media managers to reach out to and talk to, uh, compare notes with, um, so often social media managers are the only social media person in their organization. So it can be very difficult to, to brainstorm ideas and to, to, to see what the trends are because you don't have anybody else to kind of bounce ideas off of. So it's really helpful to get online and meet some other social media managers, go have lunch with them, go just have a, a Zoom chat with a social media manager in another industry and, and, and talk about it. One, and again, that goes back to like helping your mental health and knowing like the struggles, like, okay, I'm not the only one who struggles with this, but also it helps you know, sharing ideas and, and kind of collaborating a little bit in some ways that you would, would not really expect. Mm. So it's almost like take breaks, don't silo yourself and you're only human. So do the best you can. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We, we, there's a lot, you know, being a social media manager, it's one of the few jobs where everyone from like the intern in the mailroom to the CEO see the product of your work and have a very strong opinion of it. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's really important to, understand like okay it's okay if it's not perfect it's okay if you know not every not every post needs to go viral right um sometimes people complain very loudly on social and it's tough so yeah it's uh yeah it's, it's taking taking some time to to step back and and get away from it i think is really important too gotcha and then what do you think is going to shape the future of social media I'm very curious what Gen Z is doing um, and, and the way they're, they're interacting with social media and using it. We're seeing a lot more of what we kind of call dark social, where I think a lot of Gen Z has had this message drilled into them that you need to be careful what you post. Uh, boomers talking to Gen Z, right? <gasps> Don't post anything to social because it'll keep you from getting into college. It'll keep you from getting a job. Um, you, you never know who's looking. And so we see more things like peer to peer social with like uh, things like discord and, um, and other kind of be real things like that, that are a little bit smaller networks 
because they're not posting as publicly and openly uh, as other generations or other other people have done in the past. Um, so that's going to really change how brands interact. If okay, we're not getting any public social listening data. People are not interacting with us as much publicly as they used to. So what do we do? How do we use some of these, you know, other networks like Discord to to find ways to to reach our audience and 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 to to help and to to, to you know answer their questions? Um, that's going to be really interesting to watch. I think that's. I'm not sure if that's going to be the next trend, but I definitely think that's that dark social is here to stay and we need to be, be aware of how those, those work and the changing habits of, of Gen Z on social. Gotcha. So almost like, look, the future will be shaped by the future generations, which makes sense because the millennials basically shaped what social media is today through getting on Facebook, Twitter, and all the, and YouTube as well. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, every generation's a little bit different and, and reacts differently. And, and again, you know, you may see, you see kind of like the, the breakdown of generations, like you've got older folks on Facebook and then the younger folks are some on some of these little, you know, more peer to peer networks, um, and everywhere in between. So again, like knowing where your audience is and, and, and how, how to best reach them is just going to be extra important going going into the future and understanding that you can't have one message for that fits all of them. Mm -hmm. And fun question for you. If you could create a new social media persona, how would you create it? That's funny because I do this all the time, both in creating new accounts and just sometimes creating new ones for myself. Um, You know, some of the things I I, I love to create tone and voice documents, (laughs) which is such a nerdy thing, but like, okay, what does this account sound like? You know, uh, what sort of things do does this account post? What does it not post? Um, one thing I find really helpful in creating a new account is is creating a, a celebrity voice that just kind of helps me in my head, right? So, like when I was at the Department of Transportation in Texas, we used the um, Sam Elliott character from The Big Lebowski, uh, the stranger, you know, kind of cowboy, you know, uh, figure. Um, and then at the University of Central Arkansas, we use the Mythbusters build team. Like this is, you know, we talk like they do. It's it's fun. It's kind of authoritative. It's a little nerdy, but still pretty cool. Um, and that was helpful to, to me when writing copy because I could say, all right, I know how I write. How does this voice write? And it's a good shorthand. And if I took a vacation and somebody else needed to write it, rather than hand them this giant tone and voice document that I created for it, I can just hand them a picture and say, write like this. And it's a quick shorthand and easy way to to, to build a voice. So that's one thing I would definitely do. Uh, I, I'd start, I'd start building those. I'm, I'm a total nerd and, and like play Dungeons Dragons. So like, you know, create a character sheet for your, for your account. Like what, you know, you know, who is this? What are, what, what is its voice? What is its backstory? All, all of those things and really get, get deep into it. It's, it's, um, extremely nerdy fun that I enjoy doing. So what characters do you usually create in Dungeons and Dragons you usually create? Let's say like a mage, a warrior, a bard, and are you chaotic, good, neutral? Like what, what is it that you usually create? Well, I work for Chaotic Good Studios, so always Chaotic Good, right? But um, I personally, I'm, I, I always play either like a rogue or a thief sort of character. I like being to being stealthy uh, and with lots of charisma, where 
I can talk my way out of a problem rather than, you know, knock a door down. Uh, I think that this is a little bit more of just who I am personally rather than um, how I run social accounts. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a little bit how I run social accounts as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I always enjoy being able to, to, to stealthily avoid the danger rather than confront it head on. That's fair. And then where can people find you online? Um, I'm at JS Stancil on all platforms. So I'm really active on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm there on, on TikTok as well. Uh, you can hear, listen to my podcast. I co-host with Joel Goodman. Uh, it's called Thought Feeder a Pod. Um, we do that about once every two weeks, uh, we started kind of recording again a lot more actively. So find that anywhere you download your podcast. All right. Any final thoughts for listeners? Um, just keep at it. <laughs> uh, like I said, uh, if you're doing social media, stick with goals and protect your mental health because that's it, it's a it's it can be a rough place out there sometimes, but still a lot of fun. All right. Thank you, John Stephen, for joining PR360 and sharing your knowledge on social media. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on all your favorite podcasting apps. Leave a five-star review. If you like this podcast, if not, let us know how we can do better for you. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get to understanding and taking breaks and doing all the stuff that you need to do for social media, but understand that you are human as well. And see you next week. Later.